At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host, Armando Solan. And on this segment, we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. on the Battle and Finn Podcast. Listener discretion advised. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bass Kag and Beer segment on the Paddle and Finn Network. As always, it's your boy Armando here, your host. We got a special episode for you today. The After Hours. I know some of you have been calling for the FT after hours show to come back up i remember right even ryan lambert by the way congratulations to ryan lambert uh winner of the toc even he mentioned it on his podcast that he liked the or somebody mentioned it on his podcast he liked the after hours show so back by popular demand on my segment Best i think people just want to hear us cuss a few times so that they know that we're you know normal human P. <laughs> no yeah. society. We're not cookie cutters, you know, Santa's little helpers, stuff like that. No. All right. Well, as always, uh, sponsored by Douglas Rods. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com to see the full lineup of LRS rods and X-Matrix rods. Great rods. Love them. So we got Brian, the chiller killer, who's been living up to his nickname. He's been <laughs> killing anything that walks on four legs, swims, or flies. Including the we- farmer's dog. Including a farmer's dog. Kill the farmer's dog. <laughs> I use the farmer's dog. <laughs> you got to That's gonna be a cool story to talk. Um, Jimmy, don't call me Leonard Skinner, and JP, our resident first responder. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? What's up, JP? How are you all doing today, Jimmy? Brian? Good man. Good. Y'all doing good? Thank you. We'll be talking a lot of crap today. Um, I don't know. We'll dive in a little bit into the Tournament of Champions that happened over the weekend on Sunday. Again, Ryan Lambert came up with first place. Um, talk a little bit about that year in review for each one of us. And obviously, we'll ro- ho- um, roast uh, Ryan Milford. That's yes. mandatory on this segment. Oh, That's probably it. 
probably you know. Uh, well, before before the roasting starts, yeah, Ryan posted a picture of his deer. Killer job, dude. Yeah, man. Tell us about that. Let's start with that. How's your hunting? You went, you killed, I don't know what you said. You killed like a hummingbird or a finch about three weeks ago. I don't know. You were all proud of that little fish. I'm like, I don't know what that is. He just killed the hummingbird, I think. And then you got a few pheasants. You got a few bucks. What else have you killed? Uh, I killed some ducks yesterday. Yeah, we blasted some ducks yesterday. And then he right after. What's that? Then he killed his self-esteem right after. It's just yeah, been a good week. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, so I've talked about this on other podcasts, but back in the day, I used to have like an outdoors website. It was Ooh. called uh, Trail the Outdoors. And, uh, and I also had a blog spot back when blog spots were the, the thing to do. So I used blog to hunt spots. a lot. Some t- yeah. 1990 yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Early 2000s? That was uh, like late 2000s, I think, like 2009 to like 2012 or something. If you had a Facebook, uh, you needed a block spot. (laughs) That's pretty cool. uh, Yeah, no, I used to hunt a a whole crap load. And uh, this year I kind of got back into it because Jay Jay Randall, my co-host, started hunting this year. So he had been uh, drilling me on questions and things like that. And then uh, my good friend Brad Hurlboss up in Wisconsin, he's in the Madison area. We had him on an OG show. Um, He's a big hunter as well. So he invited me out about a month ago to go hunting for woodcock, which is a small... (laughs) There we go. uh, (laughs) Woodcock, you know? So I actually I actually shot one, and then uh, the weekend after, I think I went pheasant hunting um, because Wisconsin's just got a crap load of public land, um, and we got three birds there. And then uh, I decided to hunt the rut up here. I went out. I wasn't even going to go out. I got out with like 45 minutes left of light. I had a big buck come into a grunt call. He walked away, and then I had a small button buck come in, which I thought was a doe, um, turned broadside at like 15 yards. So I smoked that deer, and then the next afternoon I went out and I shot that big eight pointer. And nice. That Friday, um, and then Saturday, yesterday I went and went duck hunting. We got three ducks. So, so your your freezer's full. That's what you're telling me. Yep. It will be full once I get the deer back from the processor. The ducks are gone. The pheasants are already gone. The woodcock's already gone. I eat that stuff like it's nobody's business. You know, co- yeah. cocks, cocks first. Thing exactly. Oh, man. I apologize to my listeners. No, you don't. No. We haven't even begun. Everybody about this. Uh, yeah. You, you asked. You're this already. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, at least, hey, if you're not good at fishing, at least you're good at hunting. So, that's good. Ouch. <laughs> so, I think let's be honest, Brian. For it. <laughs> look, 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 look at him. Look at him. He's turning sideways already on his chair. He got something. Man. Dude, that right, land you can. Every freaking year in Alabama. You <laughs> can't. You, you, whether you can hunt over bait or not. They literally, I think, for the last four years, it's yes, no, yes, no, like that. Like, 
somebody was asking me this year before they did. It. I was like, I don't know. If you get caught, just play stupid. Best I can tell you. I don't know. Yeah, next weekend I'll be up uh, uh, for gun deer opener in Wisconsin. So I'll be joining the Orange Army this year. But I've never I've never duck hunted. So actually, yesterday so, kayak did. So. We actually went out and hunted out of the kayaks in the new canoes. Uh, did you get the blind, or did you build like a build a blind? Um, my buddy Brad has the pursuit, and he's got the new canoe blind. Um, and I borrowed one of his old blinds that he used to use on his Hobie. And then uh, his other buddy Adam, um, who ran the Heroes on the Water chapter up in Wisconsin, he's got an Old Town Predator that he had a makeshift blind built. Um on his boat so we just kind of ducked into the marsh grass set out decoys and stuff it was really cool man and it's the same thing with like the pheasants and the woodcock like i've never upland hunted before so like that was all new to me this year and that's all courtesy of my good man brad that, up in madison that's the one thing that's like pulls me to move up that way like i definitely yeah. feel like i've got the better like bass fishing but the opportunity you have at everything like trout walleye salmon like everything's within grasp from where you're at and i'm kind of jealous of that yeah that's for sure man i mean i'm like literally 10 15 minutes south of the illinois wisconsin border so like i can jump on i-90 um on the south in the illinois portion in like 10 15 minutes and it takes me an hour well, where we're hunting, which is right outside of Madison, is like it's like an hour and fifteen minute drive. That's awesome. So, like, and and that's a thing too. Like where we went pheasant hunting, um, the DNR puts birds out every year, um, but some of those fields that me and Jay hunted are like forty five minutes away, and I've always shied away from like hunting public land because you always got so many people and whatever else. I used to, the, where I shot my deer was actually public land and I hadn't hunted that chunk of land in probably eight years or something. And I just walked in, I found some rubs and I sat on the ground. Like I wasn't even, even in a tree stand or a ground blind. I just sat on the ground next to a couple of bushes and I shot that big buck. It was like 25, 26 yards shot from the ground on my knees with a bow and that was pretty intense <laughs> dude that's see, i you won't catch i had a couple close calls with trees two different types of tree stands and i'd rather just sit on the ground like i don't even like using yeah. the ground blinds i'd rather just yeah. find me a comfortable tree yeah heck yeah man i that's mean good, I've, go ahead i'm sorry no i've been watching a lot of uh the hunting public on youtube those guys like get it done. And, and the one thing that was kind of cool that I see that those guys do, and it's the same with uh seek one, which is from yeah. down South, I believe those guys seek ones in new canoes, but they were showing us, uh, or they just put up a video series. The hunting public did. There's a spot in Tennessee where there's all this public land that's overpopulated with deer and it's only accessible by water. So they were going out in boats and dropping the guys <laughs> off. And, and just dude i mean the guys were sitting next to a tree there must have been 20 deer walk past them in an hour and a half yeah. and i was just like i need to go there <laughs> but 
I saw the one guy, they were hunting a piece of public land in Iowa and he took a kayak way back into this piece of public land. And when you think about it in theory, like, you know, like I talked about, like public land, you always think about like people everywhere. It's overpopulated, whatever. But a lot of people are lazy and a lot of people overlook those very far back areas and they don't get hunted because like Armando asked, you know, when you kill something that far out there, how do you get it out? And it's like a lot of guys don't want to drag a deer a mile to get it back to their vehicle. But like this dude went three miles back into this piece of Iowa public land, shot a monster 160 inch class buck, threw it in his kayak and paddled back. And it was no thing, you know, and it's the same thing like, uh, you know, duck hunting the other day, like well, we had out with bags of decoys and stuff. What kayak did he use? Because most kayaks, what, only against 400 pounds? And you already... Uh, a Damn. huge deer like that is only 200 and some pounds. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's not like shooting an elk or nothing. Oh, okay. About <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, when you said a monster, I'm thinking, okay, 300, 400 pounds? <laughs> no, 240-pound buck is a tank. Oh, that is yeah. huge. That that's, is that's a giant. big, mature yeah. deer. Like, right. like that bu buck I shot the other day is probably 160 pounds. Yeah, yeah 150, oh. you know, something like that. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, What's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So, um, you know, I don't know. I've We've been talking about that, like, gun opener next weekend in Wisconsin. That's what I might actually do is paddle across a marsh to the back of a CRP field that's got a wood line in between it. And there's a parking lot. I don't know how many yards up. Well, it's probably a good half a mile or so um, to the parking lot. But all those people are going to get out of their trucks in that parking lot, start pushing through the woods looking for deer, and it's just going to push them all back towards me. And I'll be there first because of taking that back entrance through, yep. you know, through the kayak. And that that's huge too. Like I know new canoes always been huge on like, using the kayaks for hunting and now i'm actually utilizing it and realizing like how badass that actually is you know yeah, so, yeah that open deck for new canoes and jimmy you can talk more more about that because you, you and you new canoe team but yeah those that's definitely if there's a kayak out there built for hey, bro, hunting, it's new canoe i'm on the new canoe team too bro share some love i know Jeez. but God, you uninformed <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Jimmy actually catches fish. That's why uh, we're not talking about fish. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully gonna do like Brian's talking about. Um, down here in Alabama, we've got where I live. You've got 
TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority, uh, like refuge land all along the river and doing some research. There's a lot of pockets of land that are landlocked by private property and only accessible by water. And not a lot of people even know how to find the maps that'll show you Mm -hmm. what's legal. Like a buddy of mine, a marina that we fish all the time, there's like a 12 acre plot of woods across from the marina he got to look in and it's it's got a creek that enters it it's surrounded by a private farm and it's acres of pasture so you know all the deer go places like that to you know bed up so it's it's probably like their their holding place and you can creep in in the creek early and get out of the boat and have it all to yourself Exactly. That's, that's the one thing that here in Texas we kind of screwed. If you're a hunter in that aspect, it's like it's. I think Texas is the state with the least public land. I know it's like one percent. Yeah, Texas land is is public land. So Illinois is just as bad. We got public land, but it's all like so in Wisconsin. Right next weekend, out of all the Wisconsin public land, I could show up at whatever one I want and hunt it. In Illinois, to like go out, um, archery hunting's a little different, but like gun hunting and waterfowl and um, upland hunting, like you have to go through a like a lottery process where you got to yep. win your spot or your tag. Like you can't just show up to that piece of land and go, you know, whatever. But um, there are a few of the parks where like. Um, like I'm close to a hundred acre plot of land, um, where I shot my buck that's open to, you know, I could just show up whenever I want, um, and hunt it during legal hunting hours. But, um, there's another one that's out West, like an hour and 45 minutes. Whereas Wisconsin, like every town you're in, you're pretty much surrounded by a bunch of public land, um, within a half hour in any direction. And not only that, but in the state of Wisconsin, um, unless it's a private pond, all their water is public land, like oh, yeah. creeks. I think that's like that. everywhere so there. They give you an easement off of bridges, and as long as your feet are touching the water or you're in a, a watercraft, you're on legal property. And they've had issues in the past, like in the southwest portion of Wisconsin, where fly fishing is very abundant, like homeowners coming out telling fly fishermen to get off their land, whereas technically they're not on their land. They walk through the water to get to that spot to fish. And like there's been instances where like homeowners come out with like shotguns. No, it's in Texas. You know. You know, it's just craziness. But Texas, you greet your you in Texas, you greet your neighbor with guns. It's funny that you mentioned that because Fluke Master Gene Jensen had a video back when I don't know if Fluke Master was ever once going to be one of the Guggen Squad or whatever. But um, he actually filmed um, in uh, Gary Yamamoto's ranch, um, BK Ranch. Everybody knows Gary Yamamoto, the owner of the Senkos. He was with the Guggen Squad. He was with all the members of the Guggen Squad. I don't know if Robert Turklow was there. I don't remember, but I know most of the Guggen Squads were there. He was that was back when he was with uh, Mystery Tackle Box, and they were filming there. And on his way, and I've driven through that. You go through a lot of like open land to get to J- Gary Yamamoto's ranch, and I think, I think if I remember correctly, like John B was with his drone 
and some landowner came out with a shotgun and started and fired up in the air. And Gene Jensen stopped the truck, lowered his window, he's like, "Can I help you?" <laughs> and the guy asked him, and he's like, "We're trying to get the Gary Motors right." Like, dude, seriously, that that's how he got created in Texas. That's the the first thing he says. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of write about that. <laughs> Damn Texans. I filmed an episode with um, uh, Manny Ivarela from Skinny Skinny Waters to Skinny, what is it? Skinny, skinny, skinny Water, Water Boys. Skinny Water Boys TV, that's right. God, so uninformed, man. I know, man. It's horrible. <laughs> Thanks Damn for the OG. Uh, thank God I got JP to let, make me look professional here. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like him and um, Eric Salerio. I know I botched that last name from... Uh, Hook off the grind. They've gone through that, man. Um, in Texas, where landowners come out, either shooting the air or shooting the water or just threaten to shoot yeah. it. Just get out Bring of that it. shit to Alabama. I dare you. Yeah. We shoot back. <laughs> Trust me, Texas. <laughs> it's crazy. So, anyways, let's round up to JP. JP, how you doing, man? Are you doing any hunting, JP? Uh, not any hunting right now, man. Uh, I just, I've been busy with work with this whole covid and everything going on uh it's been keeping us it's been keeping us on our feet man. uh between working working overtime uh a lot of personal things going on uh, i had a loss in the family I so mean, we were dealing dealing with that um so it's just you know I, I had a little time to get out last week for a little while while the weather was nice uh but it, things are winding down in terms of fishing up this way um just kind of getting what we're seeing what happens with this COVID. If it's, uh, you know, if it's, we're supposed to go under like a 30 day advisory or something or another, I, I just, the rules change every day of what the hell it's supposed to be. But, um, you know what it's, we just got word that all our trade shows got canceled, but we're going to be trying to do something virtual soon. So getting plans for that set up and then, uh, Kind of waiting to see what happens because, uh, fortunately, working for a public entity, uh, you're really bound by the rules that the city makes for you. So, um, I I don't want to go forth and make plans. Say I'm going X, Y, and Z, and then can't go because that's how this whole year has been. So, you work as I know you work in the firehouse, but you work as a fireman or as paramedic. I forgot. I apologize. I... Oh, good. I so I have a dual role. I am. Uh, firefighter paramedic so uh i am on the fire engine or the fire truck but also we carry the same equipment as the ambulance so if we get there before the ambulance we could start as the paramedic i can start um advanced life support care for the patient until the ambulance gets there and the ambulance just has to transfer them to the hospital from that point do they let you fire up the sirens, man? Like, what's that? <laughs> These are real <laughs> This is what I need. This is a professional they, This is they what let me want to know. They've given me a license to drive the damn thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm staying away from your firehouse. <laughs> Let's be honest. Is there ever where you're like, it's not an emergency. you just caught in traffic. You're like, screw it. We're just going to fire up the... The, the alarm or the sirens and just get people to move out of the way because we're hungry. Does that ever happen? Illegally can't say. <laughs> Illegally can't say. <laughs> no secrets away. If you come, if you come up here to my firehouse one day and ride with us, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I used to, 
I lived back, back in Puerto Rico back in the days, and uh, traffic over there is horrible. Every time I see an ambulance, I was like, oh, sweet Lord, yes, I can just go right behind them. That's it. You see everybody angling on the traffic, trying to get right behind the ambulance because you can just, you know, right on the cold tail, straight through. Get out yeah. of It gets oh, pulled man. over. That's my mom in the back. <laughs> so in the city, we don't have them. Uh, the city is kind of weird. We don't have them in the intersections, but in the suburbs, they have these uh, – these lights are called opticoms, and what it is, yeah. there's a strobe light that's on the on all emergency vehicles that activates it. So it gives you the green light in the emergency vehicle in whatever direction traffic you're going. So if you see the light solid, you know that emergency vehicles you're going to have the green light the entire time to wherever that uh, to wherever it's going. So that's always got so I'm like, all right, let me speed up a little bit when I see that solid light. You need to yep. break me one of those off, and I need to put that in my car. <laughs> I need no sirens or lights just that little bitty little transponder just you like that what was it that movie uh bruce almighty with jim carrey yeah oh yeah God. <laughs> exactly <laughs> get everybody up so jimmy how you doing man i'm doing dude a little bit of the same thing jp had we had a loss in the family and yeah i know That's took a week off of work and which was a terrible idea used it to get my mind right but now i'm so far behind on work you. that good lord <laughs> yeah. i started my own electrical business you know and actually made it legal this week like actually paid to do all the form the llc and all that stuff so but i it's been crazy busy again i signed up for another monthly tournament i fished once maybe twice <laughs> so it's it's just not it's not playing out for me i'm hoping to reset and next year be more involved i'm still waiting on one more schedule to come out and see what next year has i'm kind of writing this year off i was supposed to go to chick next week for the last Bassmaster, and i'm just too busy with work it would be a very stupid immature decision to like stop moving your startup business for fishing <laughs> sounds like a great idea but it's not a good idea i even i thought about it because it's the last chance to qualify for the um Bassmaster Classic, which is going to be right here in Texas, right in my hometown, yep. or close to it. So I was like, man, I'll be, but I was like, it's like, I can always wait for next. There's always a tournament. You get, you get, sometimes you get those ideas like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then leave stuff in the back burner that's more important. Where really all you want to do is just go to a tournament, get five fish, and see how you stack up. And if, you know, we're all kind of like chasing, chasing that like mythical oh i want to be there like i thought about it just so i can say i was been the bass class class so there's going to be another one a year from now so yeah, or yeah. in 2022 so maybe i you know i can't leave certain responsibilities just to chase i still dream. wanted to yeah i feel that i, still I mean, if you can yeah like qualified for the yeah. first one because you know the, the the technical first one wasn't yeah it was open, it was open. so ne like next year's will be the first qualified event so i'd, I'd put in a fair amount of research and homework on this and then i was going to leave monday morning and uh head out for that and then this last week at work i knew by like tuesday i was like that's not gonna happen i've got my phone's going off people are calling me like, i need stuff now i need this ran so i just gotta buckle down and get it done but lucky for us down here fishing don't really shut me down in the winter we just put on a little cold gear and get going so 
same here. I feel so bad for these northern northern guys we got on the show right now. Yeah, yeah. well, we have a Christmas sale, so <laughs> <laughs> at least at least Brian now, <laughs> at least Brian now has an excuse why he's not catching fish. But yeah, I'm just wait. We're gonna have a hunting seed. segment. Yeah, are we gonna we're gonna open up a, another uh, podcast? It's gonna be powder and horns. Is that what we're gonna name it? <laughs> I don't know. My my yeah, wife better. asked me that at dinner tonight. She's like, "You guys gonna do a hunting segment?" I'm like, "I don't know. We talk Why about not? it." <laughs> You're gonna be like, "Watch out, Steven Steven Vanilla." Is that his name? Ren- Steven yeah. Vanilla. Yeah. 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 That's the only hunting podcast, and I don't. I would love to get into hunt. That's one of my goals. I thought about it this year, but I was like, "No, I really want to dial in a few more things in bass fishing before I move on." Not move on because I don't think I'll ever move on from kayak fishing, but to get another, you know, something extra to do while I'm not fishing. I was like, no, I really want to dial in on fishing before I, I, I love distract job. myself with other doing stuff. But, yeah, I would love. That's probably going to be next year by this time. I'm going to start doing something if I can. Yeah, I would love to talk to Steven Ranella, but I've heard his uh, take on bass fishing, and he's not about it. They're not about anything that you're not doing it to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw that. I saw that episode. Fish and putting it back for sport. I was like, ah, oh, well, fuck that idea. Never mind. I'm not gonna call him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to each to each own. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I, I don't hate him for it. I mean, like. No, he's just a beast. And he's very. I mean, but, bass fish is small compared to what they're doing. So. Yeah. On his Netflix show, he did one. No, it wasn't his Netflix show. It was his web series. Where it, yeah. I thought it was, I mean, no disrespect to Sam Ranella. He's great, great podcast, a great um, show if you watch it on Netflix, uh, Meat Eaters. But he also did a web um, web episodes called Das Boat. And I thought that was kind of stupid, which they would like get his old boat and then they give it to a couple of guys. They'll go fishing with it, add something extra, then ship the boat to another two other guys. And I was like, yeah. I don't get it. I haven't watched um, it, but, but I, I listened to his podcast, and that sounded like a pretty cool idea. But I haven't. Yeah, watched it. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't that great. I mean, but he did come to Texas, and that's one of the things he talked about. Is like he kind of hating on Texans for not eating bass. It's like, well, and he made, and it's good. He says you can see a Texan, a home, homeless Texan, and you can offer me him a bass. And he's like, no, 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 we don't eat bass. You'd rather go hungry than eat a bass. And it kind of is. It kind of is like that here. If I remember right, that episode he did in Texas was when he did the redfish, the flounder. Yeah. He was doing inland stuff, right? He yeah. did. I, I think he did. Yeah. he. The one that I was talking about is when he did. they did fly fishing for Guadalupe bass on the Guadalupe River. Okay. And um, which I thought was interesting. They also did um, – fly fishing for gar i yeah, that okay. was super cool because that's some type of like i don't i that's another thing that i want to get into fly fishing but there's some type of like hair Maribu? not a jig that that's specifically to for to fish for gars because you really can't hook a gar on a fly on on a fly rod so oh, what no, they do no, is they just like tying a rag yeah rag, rag and it's to the fishing line and then the, the rag gets caught up in their teeth. Yes. Is what it is. I thought that Randall was cool. Was me about that. Yeah. I couldn't different. do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it because it's really like you have to like finesse it your way because you're not hooking on it. So that thing can feel, pop out any, any I feel like very it would still, still be easier to what? like 
to catch gar like that. We have gar, you know, alligator gar here. You know, you can get them on get them on hook pretty easily with topwater stuff. I feel like doing it that way just ensures that you get it in. On Nick and fly fishing, hit a Ned rig. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's happened. Jeez. I've had them. Did had you actually them. land it? Yeah. Damn. Eight pound test, dude. That's impressive. Yeah, and a Ned rig. <laughs> How big was it? I don't know, like 30 inches. It was a long and they nose. Get, and I know. hooked them right in the side of the mouth. Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. I always you get them in the front. I got I got two of those this year. One came from uh, Joliet. The other one was on the Displains River. And both of them hit off. Um, I was using a Kitek uh, on a, a swim jig. Both of them yeah. hit the swim jig. Yep. Really? We actually we actually have a pond. Uh, it's like a retention area off of Wheeler Lake, kind of hidden back in the woods. It's probably got 400 gar in it, and it's not even an acre pond. Like, oh and man, you, it's always God. crystal clear because it's spring fed and you can just see them. And we just go out there when we're bored with, you know, big ass whopper ploppers and just do our best to wear them out. It's just fun because it'll get hit five times on the way in. Right. I think, wasn't it on your segment, Jimmy, or the, the reel down, you had Jody Quinn. Was it Jody Quinn or Derek Brundle talking about that? That they came when they came fishing in Texas for a tournament. I can't remember which one it was. It was either Derek Brundle or uh, I think it was Daddy. Which one? I think it was Jody, but I can't remember. Jody, that he kept going for this topwater that he saw. He said, like, I see the fishing in topwater. And after, like, I don't know how long he figured out, which I've got, I've, now I kind of, I can kind of tell when it's a splash from a gar and when it's splash from a bass. And, but he, he, they'll fool you, man. You see a lot of topwater. He's like, oh man, topwater at noon. That's awesome. And it, all it is is gars. Now it's just Dude. like, yeah. I don't know why, but that takes me back to me and Brian fishing on Del Hollow, and we found that like two acre spot of top water going off of every freaking species, and we couldn't catch shit. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Dude, me bad. and me and him were dropping rods, tying baits. <laughs> like neither one of us threw the same thing, and we and couldn't, we couldn't even get, get anything. Like, then that wasn't bad. That was probably gar or something like that. No, you could see them, dude. I had smallmouth yeah. coming up, gar, drum, strike, everything, yeah. dude. There was all kinds of stuff. They were chasing the shad. There was, they there was a ball of shad, up. probably the size of a football field. Yeah, you know, and that, it's kind of like that National Geographic stuff. Up. Yeah, it was crazy. Man, it, it, it was crazy and frustrating because then we had like a two or three mile run back to the <laughs> back to the boat dock. Yeah, chase this ball of shad for a mile. <laughs> you, when that doesn't work, I always go like when I see top water like that, uh, rooster tails. I always have one right next. Like I'll tie a rooster tail, and that that'll land you something. Like, I, I think I had seven rods with me, and I was still tying on new shit. Yeah. Like. Yep. I was going insane. That I, I think to me that my boat. That's the most underrated lure. I have yet to see somebody make a video or talk about rooster tails. Right, Mr. Sean. Sean. What Sean on? Dude, those things are magnets. Jay Randall's got a, <laughs> that's a, a nickname. That's a local. Yeah, what? Jay's Jay's got a nickname in the local tournament trail is Meps Man because he he ended up taking like a a top five with like an hour left to go in the tournament and he tied on a small maps on an ultralight wow. and smashed five fish Easy. and it put him in like the top five or top three or something. We had a 
a buddy of mine's son down here. We were fishing a Gunnersville tournament, you know, Gunnersville Grass Lake. Yeah. And uh, I was headed back to the ramp, going to fish my way back. And I passed uh, my buddy's son, Braxton. He's like, how you doing? He's like, man, I'm still got the zero. He's like, but I just tied on a rooster tail. I'm going to sit on this bridge here for a minute. And then he caught up with me on the way back in. And he'd call, like, he top 10. They call nice. like two two 20s and I think an 18. And he, <laughs> he just went from zero to hero with a rooster tail on Gunnersville, yeah. which you would not think of throwing that on Gunnersville. They would right. on everything. And it's a, what, a dollar fifty? 99 cents at Academy, I think. <clears throat> yeah, <Depends>. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, you got to remember too, it's the same kind. I mean, instead of having a, a plastic uh, body, like a swim bait body, you have the hair. But it's like an underspin because you have you have the flash with the uh, with the blade on it. Yeah. So I mean, and plus Gunnersville, you, you know, and we talked we talked about this before. How many times when you're fishing, it's so pressured that fish see X, Y, and Z all the time. You throw a rooster tail out there; these fish haven't seen that. Yeah, you're gonna. It, it's something new to intrigue that fish. I want somebody. I want to see somebody one day, either the KBF National Championship, the TOC, or the Bassmaster Classic. So, what do you use? A rooster tail, dollar fifty. Great. <laughs> I'll take the jack hammers. <laughs> well, you that's, know, like, uh, that's a similar story with um, what was it? Uh, um, I had on for the final cast that one week that Brad can do it. Um, oh, yeah. Secret lure company. And the, the way that yeah. um, mm-hmm. the stupid tube got its name was the one dude won the Bassmaster classic on the tube. Yep. And when he was getting interviewed, um, the guy was like, well, what'd you catch all your fish on? And he's like the stupid tube, you know, like as in like this stupid tube, and then the name kind of stuck, and or the name stuck, and they kind of blew up just because of that. So they kept the name yeah. from that interview. So know, for those that it's kind of cool. So, so for those that didn't listen to that episode, what is the stupid tube? Like explain it. To it's me. just actually a tube bait. It, it's, that's yeah, it's just, it that's it. A tube, the jig. A tube jig. Yeah, the tube yeah. jig. Yep. But why do they call it stupid? I'd never heard that name though. I well, would, they call I it the stupid too because the guy that won the Bassmaster Classic, I forget who it was, um, had used their baits and um, they used to just call it a tube jig. And the guy, you know, in the interview was like, I just, I was throwing this stupid tube. <laughs> so the stupid tube just stuck. Um, and they're actually really good. I ordered some after the fact. I've caught some fish on them. And they're cool because you could rig them weedless. Um, yeah. The way that they sell their heads and everything. I'm gonna. So I've got those sitting in there now. I'm waiting till next summer when creek fishing fires up. I'm. Yeah. I'm sure they haven't seen because I actually I've thrown a Ned tube in the creeks and had a little bit of success on that. And I mean that thing's tiny. So yeah. I think a a regular size tube would be money. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 
are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I've well, tried that tube fishing thing, but I've, I've never kind of like tried it. I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. I still have yeah, it. But it's not like, for I, Texas people. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I've never caught anything on it. So I was like, I gave up on it. Yep. I got turned on to it last year, um, fishing with Alan Reed at all the KBF events. He was catching a ton of big fish. And every time I asked him what he caught his big fish on, it was this stupid tube. And I was like, what the hell dude like i don't know anybody that fishes it too but it's like what jp said you see baits x y and z all day long you know and you throw something like a tube on that's like just a little bit different than everything else and and i think it's the same way with colors too right like right you know i i throw a jig masters jig that's a color that like cody has said that nobody hardly ever orders and then you know i catch a 20 inch smallmouth on it and people are asking them for that color you know it's kind of funny yeah so speaking of that um Z, uh, zoom has their the brush hog right which is legendary you know that's yep. the best brush hog in my opinion they have the what is it african color or south african color i forgot something african color they got um, like six million colors of the brush hog but they're yeah. discontinuing that one and that thing is money they got a guy in Toledo Bend, Louisiana. I think wrote wrote this something like I read the article, but I I mean I'm probably misquoting it. But wrote like the state record, like on back to back. I'm probably exaggerating, but anyways, he caught like massive like trophy bass back to back on that Zoom. Um, Somebody fact check this guy. He's lying. No, yeah. I saw it. No, it's, it's Google. It's Google. So take it for what it is. But. Um, that I was like, man, and they're discontinuing, and it's I've used it, and it's I I think it's I won a, a big bass on a tournament with that same um, a brush hog, hey, and I'm like, not. no, I did, I did. <laughs> it was uh, what was it? I think it Seven was twenty. No, I think it was like twenty and a quarter, something like that. Oh, uh, you better watch it. Milford's gonna put a big bass up on you. Milford doesn't put a big bass for his life. Not kidding. <laughs> Oh, every shoot, time I send every fish. time I send Ryan, send me a picture to post on uh you know on a paddle and fin Instagram. He sends me this little like Dink. you have anything other more than seven inches <laughs> on, <laughs> catch? Like seriously. <laughs> so Yeah, he anyway. tried that shit on me at Del Hollow when I came around the corner. Uh, he's like, What you got? And I was like, nothing that measures. Really? Well, I got two nineteens and a seventeen. I was like, <laughs> No, you don't. He was like, yeah, I do. I was like, you got pictures? He said, yeah. Want to see them? I said, yeah, bring the motherfucker over here. <laughs> no, I ain't got it. He's like, I know. <laughs> Gotta love Milford. Oh, yeah. I, do. I love that kind of stuff, dude. That's what makes fishing fun is talking shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, we've got guys down here. That, Milford. Amen. We've got guys down here that'll sell you stuff like that and have you sweating and then come in and you beat them in the tournament. Like. Guys that you know are good, you'll be talking to him during the tournament. He'll be like, man, I'm on him. You're like, shit. 
you get in the tournament and they'll be like, ah, no, I, was, I zeroed. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about sandbagging? Like, I know that's kind of like a controversial, I you know. I fucking hate sandbaggers. Yeah. There's no benefit to it. Okay, if you don't have service, I you fully don't, understand. Yeah, if you don't have service, right. not your fault, yeah. That's not sandbagging. You're fishing in a good yeah, area yeah. where you ain't got phone signal. Right. I, I feel that. But it's it's guys that wait till the end like it. I don't know. I don't know what excitement you get out of that. Like, I think it's strategy. I, when I've like, got good numbers, I want to show everybody right now so I can be like, ah, like, <laughs> kiss my ass. I'm on the fish. You're not. But, I mean, is there – do you think – and I'm not an expert on, on tournament fishing, obviously, but – do you think there's a strategic where you say, okay, I got 95 inches. I'm leading. I'm looking at the leaderboard unless somebody else is sandbagging. Um, I should be able to win. If I throw those numbers out there, somebody that's looking can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to change my strategy in order to get a big fish. Yeah, Just I mean, like the way I've always looked at it, if I look at the leaderboard, we're all fishing common water. And you're hammering them, and I'm not. It gives me motivation to change up my game plan or change where I'm fishing. Where um, there's a flip side to it for me, like um, <clears throat> you know, there's days where, like when I fished the and this the guy I was fishing in the KBBT thing, he didn't have service. It's different, but like I was coming back from traveling and was like rushing to go get on the water for 30 minutes to try and catch a fish because he had a zero, and I was like, well. Dude, if I can get one keeper, I can just call it a day. So I caught the one keeper just because the scoreboard was blank and was boring for their little live stream event or whatever. And then, you know, everything, you know, the leaderboard's off. It's all quiet. And then he puts up 90-something inches or something like that. Like, he didn't have service, so it's not a good example. Yeah. But but you see guys that are notorious for doing it in the, in the big trails. And you know yeah. that they're not always fishing without signal. I mean, a lot of these. I'm not going to get too far into it. I'm going to. I'm going to open a door. I don't want to go. I'm going to be start talking too much shit. <laughs> it just. You don't right. have to sandbag. Is my thing. Just throw your. No, you don't out. have to. Definitely. And I. And I'm not right. opposed to it. I'm not going to say I'm against it. JP, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want to add something? I, yeah. I. You know what? And this is my personal opinion. And you know, who's ever listening, probably taking a run with it. But you know what? Sandbagging, in my opinion, is probably the most egoistic thing you can do. You're not. Like we said, you're not gaining anything from it. Uh, there's no strategy or or you know tactic to this because at the end of the day, the number's still going to be the number, right? So if you're not if you're not being a team player with the rest of everybody else, if you want, okay, fine. Well, you don't if, have to be a team player if you it's not a team sport, though. Right, but you I know what? Every, saying, though. Yeah, but you don't want to be a dick. You don't want I'll, right too Maybe because you, you know what's gonna, you know what's going to happen now is that you're going to give a black you're going to give a black eye to to the the actual tournament that's going on itself. So now everyone's going to turn around and look at you and go, well, what what the fuck's your problem for doing that? The, you know, and, and like the, I said, go ahead, having the ahead. ego, ha having that ego to do it is is just a personal gain. There's nothing gaining overall from from the sport of it itself. So, so the only like clever argument I've heard with it. So let's say Brian's got 90 inches. <laughs> I've got uh, Brian. I'll let you tear this dude down here in a second. 
He can laugh fact, all fact. he wants. I've never seen him with nine inches, so just put him on the Milford roast for about. I mean, my turn. My tournament scores and results are on Tourney X, bro. Go, go, take a gander. But uh, that's like I'm just messing you, boss. Brian has ninety. It's okay. posted. We'll play along. Brian has ninety. Huh? I've got ninety-five, but I haven't posted. Somebody told me, well, if I post that ninety-five, that's gonna give that guy the you know push to you know if to push to get a bigger bag. My whole argument with that argument is if you're fishing a freaking tournament, you're trying your best anyway. Nobody's out there just dicking around. You're you're always gonna call you're always gonna call those fish. I know I, I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that sentiment. If you're out there fishing, I I I guess it's hard not to look at the leaderboard, especially if you have signal you want to pick at the leaderboard, especially if you're like whether you're struggling or you're doing good or whether you or middle of the road, you kind of want to, but the reality is just get your limit and then start, you know, moving just up, fish. moving up, moving up and keep fishing until, you know, that final minute. Um, I can see the strategy when somebody says, well, you have 95, like you said, um, and then Brian checks, it's like, well, I'm going to switch up to a big swim bait because now I got to, you know, I got to put up, you know, I got to call maybe one or two fish. So the only I, way I'm going to do that is maybe if I, I would almost, to a big swim bait. Then they'll, so that, that could cost you. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm in favor of sandbagging. I don't do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, to me, it's just like I'm just going to fish whatever. I, I'm going to keep – I'm going to go for 100 inches. And if I don't – and if I already have it, I'll go for 105 or whatever it is. So I can see why this strategy shouldn't work. Because it should be that everybody's just trying to upsize, even if you have five fish that are 20 inches. I bet you if you ask 10 heavy hit tournament anglers, or not, it doesn't matter. If you ask them if the numbers on the, the board during the tournament really affected like the strategy going in as far as I've got to do better. You're already trying to do better. Your whole purpose is... To go out there and catch the biggest bag you can. I mean, well, it, it'll change your strategy as far as it'll give you some pointers. Like yeah. if you're, like I said, if you're on a common body of water and you're smoking them, I'm either a not in the right area or b not throwing the right thing. So here's your here's your sign if you would, you know. But I don't know. At the same time, that's why I like when the local clubs don't use like tourney X because then it's not sandbag and nobody knows what's going on. You yeah. might think you're having a great day and come in and somebody mm-hmm. smoked you anyway. Yeah. What's yeah, up? What do you think, Brian? If you ask, like a lot of those higher higher end tournament anglers that you know sandbag quite a bit, like their theory is, oh well, if I put up X amount of inches and so and so sees that I went out of the same ramp, now they're going to come find me. Which I think is BS. Like I've never seen anybody, or me personally, I've never actively sought out somebody because they're putting up good inches in a tournament like never like gone out looking for that person so i can get on the same fish it doesn't matter I mean, you still have to catch them well yeah and i mean yeah, if but you if you got it, info that's different well well hold up let's brian go ahead brian. kbf put in the hourly big bass payout to prevent sandbagging that's because it, from, a from a tournament from a tournament standpoint it's nothing but a nightmare trying to judge 800 yeah. fish at the end of a tournament. 
And, and that's the biggest thing, you know, like, yeah, I get it. If you don't have service, like look at uh, what happened at that FLW KBF uh, main event thing with EJ actually taken first when I forget who it was thought they were in first. Yeah. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. I mean, it might've been dusty. Um, and uh, you know, like, it wasn't that EJ was sandbagging. It was because he was so far off out in the middle of nowhere. Um, Do it, doing but, EJ things. <laughs> yeah, but then that's just it, right? Like, you're always going to have that problem no matter what body of water you're on unless you're fishing the Chicago River in downtown Chicago because there's right. cell towers on every building. But, you know, there there's no real benefit. And, and – you know, when everybody's standing around waiting for awards or placement announcements to get done and it's taken forever. And a lot of the times the guys that are complaining are the guys that sandbagged. Well, you wouldn't be standing around had you submitted your fish hours ago, you know, because you had ample amount of service. So that's, that's another aspect of it too. But I mean, I don't see any real benefit from it. I've never, never sandbagged because of that. I will say like, there was a couple of times where I was almost to the end of an hour in the KBF tournament. And I was like, Hmm, is my bass big enough to submit now? Or should I wait 20 minutes and then submit it to try winning big bass for the next hour? Yeah. Um, but and, and usually I just submit it right thing. away and I win it. So, Oh, you know, yeah. Cause, cause Brian's a badass. Just saying I've won a lot of big bass money. What have you won Armando? I won seventy dollars, big bass, <laughs> in June. Hey, I, I'm just talking. And only you. five people fished it. <laughs> There's the. Truth. It was a twenty and a quarter, so you know it was a big well, bass. And you know what? And not from Texas, back, it's not. Hey, this is my first year doing tournament. You know, <laughs> and, and going back to the whole idea. And it's idea, a COVID year. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, you know, the whole idea of you know sandbagging and this at the other. Here's the thing. Our sport isn't like – it's not like football. It's not like baseball. Probability and, and try and even like if you're playing like if, – if you're doing like a casino game, all right, you could you could think about the odds of what can happen. But there's nothing ever guaranteed that if you sandbag, that's going to put you in a better predicament because the fish is – that fish, all right, you're not just going to go out and cast. But like, okay, I'm going to get a 20 and three-quarter right now, right? That's right. what I want. That, that's, not, that's not. That's not. Realistically, that's not gonna. It's gonna take you time to do that, regardless of what spot you're at or not. So if you're afraid of somebody, you know, following you to a secret spot, doesn't mean there's gonna be lucrative fish where that's at. Somebody. I mean, look at how many times we've all fished right by the ramp and we've caught good fish right at the ramp. It, it's that's just the the way the game goes for us. It doesn't matter. It, it could be me. It could be Brian. It could be Jimmy. It could be Armando. Any one of us at one point in time can catch a big fish. It doesn't, it's just not going, it's going to be you today. You know, it, so sandbag, and that brings up, you know, sandbagging is pointless to that effect. If you're really trying to play the odds that way. No, and I, and I don't think it's, anybody's going to say it's going to win because it, it's just, a, uh, the strategy is misinformation. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, the fish you caught and the fish you caught. That's it. Somebody else right. caught bigger fish, then that's it. You know, there's nothing you can do other than try to catch big fish. I think more than anything is trying to deceive and keep information to yourself. 
that's that's the only logical reason that I can find. Again, I'm not I'm not uh, in favor of it by any means, but it's fun to talk about. I guess. So let me ask you this: You guys uh, have more experience in tournament. When you're fishing like big trails, like the whether it's KBF, um, and you're going through the you know the whole trails, you look you're going for angler of the year. Is there a strategy involved where you're not necessarily trying to win it? Does your my okay? Let me see if I can ask this question the right way. Does your strategy change where you're like, hey, I'm not gonna try to win it. I just want to get this amount of points to qualify for this. Is is there a, or is it just go all out and try to get the biggest fish? I mean, like, are you gonna say, let me just go with uh, net rigs and and weightless sinkles just to get you know qualify for the next one or the TOC or whatever? Or is it like I'm just gonna go for a big big bass? So okay, going for an angler of the year race comes down to consistency. Yeah, you know yeah. it's consistency. Good year. Uh, we've got had guys that have one angler of the year that didn't win an event. Yeah. So is your strategy to win Angler of the Year? Sure, you probably come in and say, I want to go for AOI this year. Of course, you're going to still put all your effort in to win. Now, like during the year, you may start to be like, okay, um, you know, I'm sitting pretty good. I need to have consistent, like, don't finish less than 10th. Yeah, you still go for a win. But at the same time, if you've had a rough year, you can almost, you know, you can go do the math and be like, okay, I mathematically can't win. So I just need to win a tournament to cash check. You know, it's, I feel like that there's not really, it's not, there's a strategy to it in the beginning. It just, I mean, a general strategy. Yeah. It's, it changes through the year. Like me and Dan talked about it the other day, just like in text, like these are the tournaments I'm going to do next year that I have 100% planned. If these two tournaments go well and that gives me AOI points, that changes my schedule for the year. You know, like if I do good in one bass and do good in one Hobie or I do good in one bass and I do terrible in Hobie, then, okay, I need to stick to bass this year and try to keep my AOI up. You know, it's. So I guess the the better way to phrase this, it's not always going after a home run. It's sometimes it's just going after getting a bunt single or just getting on base, you know, getting to first base. Like building up your RBI pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just. It just do it do it enough to stay consistent like that's something that i want to work on is like i have good days of pre-fishing you know usually have terrible tournament luck and that shows that i'm inconsistent like mm-hmm. i want to work on that consistency will reflect in the score if you're a consistent angler you won't just see your name on the board one time you'll see your name on the board you know top 20 every tournament you know you'll have the really killer tourney x stats here i got something we can talk about here in a minute too that made me think of that uh i think i know where you're going with this but go ahead yeah but uh but no it it, i don't know if there's too much strategy in it in the beginning but i think it definitely develops along the during the year we should have had brad on if he wasn't getting ready for his first day of his new job he could have jumped on tonight talk yeah a little shit with us but he, he had a good aoi run this year yeah i remember he talked about it um so what were you gonna say you you wanted you said a reference before you go into that i guess the why the reason why it comes up to me is like we've had rust mounting like seems like every other 
showed the real down. Like he won, you know, he won in California. He won in, in you know, in the uh, Hobie BOS. He's, we, I don't know. We can go on and on. He's won so, Bass, KV, yeah. Hobie. He's had a good year. But he did it like, he didn't win Angler of the Year in, in Hobie. And I thought, okay, for as much Hobie events that he's won, he's got to be a lock for Hobie of uh, Angler of the Year. He didn't, right? I think it was Drew Gregory. Drew, Drew snuck in on Drew, um, Which it's I... Yeah, and that's the thing. How many tournaments I, did Drew I think Gregory Drew only? Compete? I think you have to fish. Was it it's four like three, or five, right? Three, four, or five. I can't remember, but I think he fished just enough to because he fished the you know like let's say it was you had to do three. He fished two and he did good, so he knew if he did third, finished good, then he would have a you know killer AOI standing, and it it did because I remember when we had him on, he was talking about it and. And it worked out to his favor. He he took the AOI and got that that pretty Hobie, which should be for self pretty soon, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> is he on a uh, is he on a Crescent team? kayak? Yeah, you know Drew, when, Drew's when, Crescent's developer. Oh, yeah. Uh, when Russ Snyder said he was gonna announce uh, at the, the year was done, he's gonna announce who is gonna be his um, sponsor for kayak. We were all like. You know, thinking about it, and I thought, well, I think the reason why, when he said it, he was pretty much a shoe in for end of the year in Hobie Bios. He was leading with only a handful of, with I, what, two or, I think it was two tournaments left or something I, like that. I have a theory about that too. And because, I thought it was like, okay, he's probably not mentioning because he's maybe he's thinking I'm gonna be I'm gonna win the Hobie and I think if correct me if I'm wrong if you win Angle of the Year you automatically if you want to have the option of being on the Hobie team. Like being sponsored, obviously, because you get all this rigged out. So I'm thinking, yeah, okay, he's think, waiting. He's yeah, waiting to see if he wins Angler of the Year before he decides. That's why he doesn't call it yet. That's but, my thought, but I could be wrong. So when he joined Dugout, I noticed that he was not fishing out of a Hobie yet. And I think that he, I I thought for sure he was going to win AOI, which is – yeah. We all which, did. Which would make it okay because you're on Dugout team. They're a Hobie dealer. And I was like, oh, so he's he's just not buying one because he's about to win one. Yeah. My theory could be wrong. I mean, it's, and it's not like like a secret or anything. I was just, I was like, he's still in his wilderness. Oh, that's right. He's about to win that Hobie. No reason for him to buy yeah, one. Yeah, that, that's what I thought too. It's like, that's why he's not announcing who's, he's like, it's not done yet. I'm like, yeah, he's just waiting for the end of the year. No, Which we all thought it was like done deal. He honestly. got a part of a good team. The guys at Dugout are, they're killer and They've got one hell of a team put together. So I wonder what he's going to be. Um, He'll probably have one of each. Could be. Oh, shit. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com You, uh, Big Boss is kind of quiet there. He's on his phone doing <laughs> Big Boss I got things. something to, to get with him about, with both y'all. Um, so I want to know what your thoughts are on KBF kind of ditching on Tourney X. Woo, here it is. 
So I saw something about that. I wasn't sure what the deal was. Like, uh, oh, man, you people. Well, and they and Chad Hoover just put out a video today, um, trying to push for the effort of using the new video. Video, too. yeah. What's it called? What, what was you gonna say, Brian? But I just I briefly saw something about this. I don't know all the details, but. So what what's the deal now? Fill me in. So the KBF, I don't know if restructure is the word, but you know they made some changes there. Yep. And yep. I and I'm going to tell you, for me to be somebody that doesn't really care for KBF, I really really like everything he said so far. Like, I really want to put in an effort to fish more of their stuff next year because it's a little smaller. You know, I don't know, but anyway. It makes some good changes. Exactly. Most everything they're going to fish, they're moving to an app called Fishing Chaos. Is it Fishing Chaos? Yep. Yeah, Fishing, Fishing Chaos. Chaos. Oh, yeah, I saw that today. So his, from what I watched in the video when they first were talking about it, his move for that was because Fishing Chaos is used to handling the volume that some of their tournaments have. You know, like the national championship, having so many competitors. Mm-hmm. Um and it's cheaper. So it's way cheaper. It's like $40 a year or something like that. Unlimited tournaments. Or you can do monthly. Or you can do... There's like three different ways to do yeah. it. I think. Yeah, it was the... Uh, you could do the... So w- the biggest conflict was he talked about last night was the lifetime membership. Um, that's pretty much going to be... They're going to reimburse the lifetime membership pretty much. And then what's going to happen is once you pay for like your yearly year, you get one month or you get X amount of months free from paying for that one, uh, for that one year subscription on the annual. Um, and what also eliminates is uh, positions within KBF as well. So they're cutting down their staff because he was saying in his video last night, that there was a lot of money being paid to X, Y, so like, yeah. So like, for example, uh, Lynette, right. Um, you know, she handles, she handles so much of tournament disputes, X, Y, and Z. Well, now they're going to pay this app for that. Now Lynette's gone. And then when it comes to merchandise, he stopped, he's stopping with merchandise. Fish, you say now is going to be handling all merchandise for KBF. Which is for anybody listening that doesn't keep up with that stuff, they've got like killer sales going on on all their merch on the KBF website. Yep. Yep. So, and they've got they've got cool logos and stuff. So if you want to, they got some cool hoodies and. Oh yeah, the KBF hoodies so, are really cool. So let I me like get them. this straight: they got rid of Lynette. I don't know if it's officially. I'm to say out there. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, if it's officially out there or not, I'm not sure. But a lot, what the way he was explaining, a lot of the legwork that the KBF staff um, does is going to be handled by Fish and Chaos. Yeah, what the way I heard him explain it was, he went to them and said, "We want to use this. If you can do this, 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 and this, all internally." And they said, "Yeah, we can do that." And he didn't say what those things were, obviously. So I'm not going to speculate to that. Right. That's, so here's here's my question. Go ahead. What does fishing chaos know about kayak fishing? 
Download the app and click on it, and you'll find out really quick. Because the only thing on there is the KBF uh, Saltwater Series and the KBF, like, 10, the 10 Invitational and the DZ-10. Now, it's it's definitely, in my opinion, and it could change because they'll have money coming in now. It's Or more money. Tourney X looks way better, like, pleasing. Um, Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, Fish and Chaos just looks kind of cheesy and basic. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with Dwayne, and I don't want people to think it's unbiased, but like this was created for kayak fishing, and this is something that's adopting kayak fishing. So one's obviously going to look better than the other. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how it works. Apparently, they've been doing like a, a testing tournament, like I think a month long or something like that. I just was glancing at it, and there was like seven people over 100 inches or something like that but it kind of works the same as far as like how it shows the leaderboard in the tournament as from the app's perspective it's not like a live leaderboard flash across the screen or nothing like that i mean it's super basic but it shows the angler their number their five fish you can click on the fish um trying to think of other things i saw from it it's kind of hard to navigate um I'm curious to see if any of that changes. I've kind of went into the comment section when he announced all this to see people's feedback on it. There's a lot of people saying that they had used it for like boat tournaments and stuff like that and didn't like it. But then there was other people like apparently they did like a, I think it was a video or something on how to use it. I don't know. It's just curious to see. It just kind of a shocker, like turning KBF or like, a thing and now it's he says well, they're I, using it for different events but what i think i think for the health of the sport tourney x needs competition was way there's everybody is using tourney x you look at the tourney x website as um, a business owner you would say i don't oh, know no, yeah no that's great for him i'm not hating on his business great for him he's making a great product but you can see the problem we i don't i'm there was a lot of finger pointing at the national championship and a lot of fingers were pointing at Tony X because of all the inaccuracies that came and the, you know, the updates on the leaderboard after they had been announced. And a lot of it, finger pointers were Tony X. I've done tournaments with Tony X where I had to call the tournament director and say, this is what's going on. I'm not sandbagging. I'm I'm one of the things going back to sandbagging. The problem with sandbagging: if you lose your phone and get twitched, you lose overheat or something. You sandbag, you can be shooting yourself in the foot because now you can't mm-hmm. upload them. But that's I'm not going back to that subject. Yeah, but the problem is that day there was a bunch of tournaments and the tourney. I had they had to take me out of tourney X while I and then log me back in. So I had to stop fishing to log in back in and it was a whole process and I didn't have much of a signal. So it took, it took like 20 minutes out of my fishing and not to be, that's an excuse, but that's what that, that happened. I don't think I would have won anyways, but either way it, it took me out of my game while I'm trying to fix that. And that's the problem with Tony X. It's great. It's a great product, um, but it's not healthy for the kayak fishing community. If there's only one big, there has to be multiple that I've, kind of like competing because you look at that tourney x side man there's hundreds hundreds of fishing tournaments going on on that same weekend plus the online tournaments well, you, here's the thing too like and this is the biggest thing that wasn't talked about you know 
when you break it down, Tourney X, you know, they have to have X amount of servers and blah, 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 yeah. blah. I've heard all the bullshit and the excuses. But there's one tournament club just in the state of Michigan that paid eleven grand in tournament fees that came out of anglers' pockets and came out of the prize yep. pools in Tourney X. Okay, that's just one tournament series. How many people were in the 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 national championship? Each one of those guys had to pay, you know, five bucks a piece to pay for that service. You add up all the tournaments and all the anglers, the amount of money that's generated by Tourney X, and you're still having these problems this many years later. And 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 not only that, but like at the national championship every year, there's an issue with Tourney yeah. X. And it's always the number of anglers, number of submissions, and blah, 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 blah. It's the same shit over and over. It's like you guys know there's a problem. Why hasn't been this been fixed or addressed? Well, you're getting that much money too. Now, now the all, and again, not protecting anybody. But back to something Dan said, is it always the one the finger's pointed at or is it the one pointing the finger? Well, you know, well, and I know where you're I going with this. I know where you're going with this, too. But the reality is Tony X has his eyes bigger than its mouth. I don't disrespect to to what they're doing over there. Again, great product. As a businessman, you want to get more people. You want to get more clients. But the problem is they can't handle the volume and it's affecting the tournament. Even small tournaments are going to get affected by it. So there's got to be another product out there where people, where small, maybe smaller clubs can just say, we're going to, Tourney X going to be for the big boy tournaments. We're going to be a local club. We're going to use iAngler or iCash or even Hoffa Spot, which is an up-and-coming product too. But it's just way too many people uploading pictures on a weekend, and it's affecting everything, and it's affecting the product. It's affecting KBF National Championship. It's affecting a whole bunch of other stuff that it's just a headache. And for the health of the sport, it has to have a competition. Everything has to have a competition. You can't have one person monopolizing something. Cause it's not good. It's not good. Well, and that goes back. Like Jimmy was saying, you know, it's like, you're saying Lynette's gone. She's the one that's kind of figured a lot of that stuff out and she runs the backside of KBF. So now you're taking the person that knew how everything operated and you're giving it to some company that doesn't know shit about kayak fishing. Like, what is that going to do? Yeah. Well, maybe they that's, do. I think it'll be like anything. Right. It'll have growing pains and hiccups, and I'm I'm just curious to see how it goes. It's no disrespect either way. No, I've been you honestly, know, we won success. I've been we waiting to, to out, see you know. another tournament. I mean, what was yes. the one that Hobie used? Eye angler. Eye angler. Yes. There's one coming out. There's one coming out. It got tested this year, and we may actually use it for the paddle and fin trail series. And it's made by that kayak. Um, division in michigan it's called top water tracker and it's mkt top water series now they're running a series in indiana and northern michigan i believe um but those guys are all computer programmers and crap like that and they test ran it the end of last year and they're making updates right now and it's coming out and when it does come out it's going to be free Ooh. (laughs) Breeze, <laughs> good. You heard it here first on the panel. Breaking news. Dun 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 dun. Because that was their biggest complaint, and that's why they made it. They're like, they looked at the numbers at the end of their season last year, and they paid eleven grand in tournament fees, and that came out because they do like a, the a, a weekly 
Tuesday night and a weekly Wednesday night series, I think. That's cool. Um, And, you know, the amount of money they were pulling out of the prize pool and the anglers got robbed of 11 grand because of that, the, the software stuff, which when you break it down, like, you know, that's a thing. And, you know, I know in the past, Tourney X had made deals with certain clubs and KBF and stuff where they paid X amount of dollars for a whole season. And now they're not doing that anymore. So when you break it down, five bucks an angler, I mean, even still like a small club, you got five events, right? And you got 50 anglers at five events. That's 250 anglers times five bucks. That's 1250 bucks. That's coming out of the prize pool for a small 50 person tournament for five, five turns. Like yeah. that's, that's a healthy chunk of change. You did you that know? all that math in your head? Yeah, that multi- multiply that across the nation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it has to, it has to change. Definitely. So, but, and you could, I, and again, and, with all and I things. I love Tourney X. I love uh, yeah. Tourney X. Yeah, we're not, we're not, not crapping on him, but no, it's, it's just the health of the sport. Yeah. You may see competition will breed adaptation. So if he gets competition, Dwayne may make changes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how yeah. it works. Lower the prices. Bass and Hobie yeah. showed up, showed out. KBF makes changes. It happens <laughs> every right. piece of industry. It, it's, well, that, it's healthy for the sport. That's all it is. And that's what I was yeah. going to bring up. And correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, obviously You're we wrong. saw. Yeah. He's wrong. <laughs> we, but we saw. But you know what? With KBF, we saw issues. But a big name like Bass, I I don't think there was any issues with Tourney X during Two, Bass. 242 anglers. And the way they set it up. And something I was going to touch on with what Armando said. If you're having problems with the app. There's usually a check-in period for a reason. Keep fishing, take the pictures, meet the tournament director. Mm-hmm. Steve yep. did a killer job because we had guys fishing out of service. We had a guy that took a swim, went and bought a freaking flip phone at a Dollar General, got back. Oh in yeah, I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, well-ran tournaments will take care of it before yep. it's said and done. Yep. So, and app or no app, there's people mistakes and places that things happen that can be made to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. And know. that was, that tournament was on a Friday too, right? The, Thursday. So, a Thursday. So there's not other, if it would have been on a weekend where there's a lot of tournaments going on, then you might, what, are you okay there, Jimmy? My dog, my dog just scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you scared the crap out of me. So that's the thing. Probably going back to what JP said, Probably didn't have any. If that would have been on a Saturday, on a Sunday, then it might have been different. Because Thursday, would have, that was probably the only live tournament going on that day. We'll never so, know. No. All right. Well, we've talked for an hour or so. so. But we haven't talked shit on Ryan. Oh, yeah. What do Ryan, we, take us out. What do we. Jim Beam and Honey. Jim Beam and Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Number one uh, country song right now, right? Oh my god! The Pat, oh, I don't think so. Let us tell. Uh, let us hear the story. Not enough. From Let's just say not enough. Him upstairs. <laughs> my my friend Ryan Milford drank this a little a too much book. at the at the meetup. Thought he had to be bigger than his britches. Let alone, 
he fell right out of his britches. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a poem. Yeah. He turned over and gave the old heave and then put his arm in his pile of heave. (laughs) (laughs) Golly, I'm so glad. We told Orion, it's time to go to bed. And he said, no, man, just leave me right here. (laughs) So we finally got him up, finally got him up, and he charged to the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) like a bison. You should have seen the look on his face. (laughs) Dragon old Sean into... Poor Jimmy had to sleep in the same room with a pile full of heave. (laughs) Poor Jimmy took his ass downstairs and slept on the couch. To the couch. (laughs) The next morning he said, I heard you were a good friend to me. (laughs) (laughs) had a little too much Jim Beam and honey man in the good old Tennessee (laughs) is Dave um, is Folks Folks is his last name right is he giving him yeah yeah, J.L. Folks he's giving royalties to Ryan Milford for that song for the Apple and Penn Blues yeah I don't know man I don't know it's uh, it's gonna go platinum I think yeah I think so Love you, Ryan. He played it several times that weekend. It's so it funny that this just brought back like perfect memory of that night. <laughs> you know, the best part was him literally charging, like to the chest out, head up. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like he was about to rip mine and Jay's face off, dragging Sean's poor <laughs> self behind him. It was me and Sean. Yeah, so, well, we you, had to stand behind him in case he fell backwards going down the stairs. You you want to talk about hilarious is when we're all sitting in the house and you hear him fall on the deck outside. And you know, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, Brian is a big guy. Brian, how tall are you? Like six three? Yeah, six three, six four, something like that. He comes in the front door of the cabin about a foot off the ground, blood red, <laughs> laughing his ass. <laughs> Well, I walked out the front door as he was going to sit down and he just, it was one of those moments like, you know, when somebody pulls a chair out from behind you, it was one of those moments where he like went to go sit down and he totally missed the bench, but his shoulder hit the post of the front porch and it kind of like spun him around as he fell flat on his face on the front porch. I missed it, but I heard it. (laughs) It was I mean, so it good. couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been better. Oh, Priceless. Man. Priceless. Yes. But Brian, Brian, it took him like 30 seconds to like gasp out the happened. word. He <laughs> fell down or the- whatever. I think he said he's down. <laughs> <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Oh, man. It all went downhill from there. If it uh, was, by I, then it was already I don't, downhill. I don't know if I should tell like my end of the story. I don't. Oh, know, like, please do. I mean, it can't go any worse, right? Can it? Oh, it could go worse. It oh, gets God. worse. I don't know. Well, ah, to... We got him up to the bedroom. Oh, this is good. And, and I told Sean, I was like, "Grab a garbage can, because if he pukes again, at least he's got it there, and he doesn't puke all over the bed or the floor." So I put it right next to his bed, and I was like, hey, man, if you're going to puke, there's a garbage can right here. I ain't going to puke. I never puke. 
and he rips his shirt off and falls backwards against the wall and then face first into the bed and then passes what, out. What did he say before he fell? Do you remember? I forget. I forget. Call my wife and tell her I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we take my wife, tell her I'm okay. We all like we stayed up for a little while longer. I just hung out <laughs> talking and stuff, getting ready to fish the tournament the next day. And uh, I go up there to go to bed, open the door, hear a gurgling noise. At first, I'm like, oh, dude, he's laying on his back and he's like drowning. Choking on his own. <laughs> that's a real problem for drunk people, straight up. Seen yeah. a guy do it. So I popped my head in there. Breaking bat moment. <laughs> he's like face down off the bed in a little ball. I was like, oh, no, he's just getting sick. And then the smell of that room hit me. Oh, I God. said, hell no. Oh. <laughs> and I turned the light on and realized that he did not make this trash can anywhere close. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So I'm not I just, there, but that smell's hitting me on the other side of the mic oh, right now. <laughs> I just grabbed that off the other bed and said, nope. And I went downstairs and just slept on the couch and was like, it'll be fine. But he uh he had a, a good time cleaning the next day. Oh, oh yeah. Man. He did a good job. But you'd never know. It was spick and span. Good job, Ryan. We're proud of you, buddy. <laughs> and I mean, he did. I won't take it away from him. He took that bottle of whiskey to the head. I was proud. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right. I'll send you the video. I seen the video. I, just I, posted I mean, it, tugging it down is not the hard part. It's <laughs> I mean, no, I've been asked for a while. Yeah. Like, it was funny, dude. It was hilarious. We got so much video of just the shenanigans and loudness in the house that night. It was great. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I wish he was on the show right now. I need him to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> can he defend himself though like <laughs> not with this story what is he going to defend like well, in my defense <laughs> what yeah. do you say after that <laughs> not much <laughs> hey, no, in, in my defense I was already drunk when I drank Jim Bean <laughs> okay his... <laughs> I'm not going to get into them picking him as the winner for that day oh, oh yeah. yeah we can we'll go down for another one yeah We'll save it for another after hours segment, I guess. Well, yeah. Hollow part two coming March tenth or eleventh or whatever day that Oh no, that that probably is gonna ruin the whole reputation of Paddle Infant. <laughs> 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 like if there ever was <laughs> All right. That is where the starts at, right? Del Hollow? Yeah. We start with the Clash of Clubs or that the open, right? Oh no. Gotta ask Brian. I have no idea. He's he's already What's upset. We're yeah, asking. we start. Yeah, we started at Gale Hollow for the Open and the Clash of Clubs. I see. I'm gonna try to be at the Open. You better show right up. This time. Yeah. Is Ryan going? I'm I sure mean, he'll be there. So it's like 45 minutes from his house. Who, who's gonna have babysitting duties? I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna be the roommate. I'm gonna get my own boathouse for myself. If that's the case. <laughs> Side note. We need to stick them in a tent outside or something. Shout out to the Eastport Marina. Their houseboats are sick. Yeah, that's other videos. Sick. 
<laughs> For those that haven't seen the video, we'll check them out on our YouTube channel. Pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, any last words before we go? No, yeah, man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank, thank you guys. You. Appreciate it. Uh, love having you guys on, as always. We love you, too. It's, it's uh, I've been wanting to do this kind of after hours-ish on my podcast. He's so going to throw in the ish because ish, he got scared. Not officially. Quick. Yeah, I was like, why do I get myself into it? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have gotten JP here. <laughs> Blame the white guy. <laughs> Uh, which one? <laughs> Damn, <what are> <laughs> That's funny. All right, gentlemen. So this has been the Basket and Beers segment on the Pal and Finn Network, the After Hours. Thank you for tuning in. If you're going to be out fishing, especially in winter, as always, keep safe. Wear your PFDs. Keep that 120 rule in mind. Want to get anybody with hypothermia? Hypothermia. Sorry, came out wrong. So again, Just thank you that. everyone for listening. It's been Brian the Killer Shiller, Jimmy, don't call me Leonard Skinner, and Jason JP. JP, I can't pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Nobody can. It's okay. <laughs> what? What? How do you pronounce it? Uh, it's so Americanized. It's Paskowski. If you're gonna say it in Polish, Pushkowski. Pushkowski. That's Polish. Polish. There we go. All right. well, I told I'm half Polak, half Italian, so oh, he's man. all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> There's your closer. Peace. There you go. Good night, everybody. Peace out. Peace. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle and Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. 